beautiful people across the globe. We just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. Hi, y'all. Happy second week of September. Why does it feel like the second week and it's definitely only the first? <laughs> I think, yeah, well, probably because we started September on a Friday. So last week, Friday. So through you all. I love a Friday and I love when Memorial Day falls like right at the beginning, like it did the month. It just feels like such a nice way to start with a short week, a long weekend and a short week. Hello. I don't care how much you love your job. There's something about having your own time. It's what? Like perfect. <laughs> so I'm feeling very, very excited to be in September. I know last week I said my song was September. September, which still those vibes because this weekend is going to really kick everything off. So I'm partying with Sharika for her birthday on Friday. And then we have another little secret celebration the next day. And then that Sunday, I'm in Washington, D.C. to celebrate somebody like dedicating their life, not only to like this particular church, but like and to, to the Lord in front of believers and witnesses. So it's going to be all good. And I have the perfect song for myself now. I live in Florida, so I don't have my perfect fall weather, which I miss like my life is almost perfect, but if I could just have all again, uh, Sharika, don't you miss it? Like I do, I ah, do. The crisp little breeze in the air, the feeling of like holidays. My favorite time of year between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's like the only thing that's missing. But still, I'm gonna say my temp is like a 65 because this time of year, that's what I like. I like a 65. I like to start to wear my little boots and I like the Friday night football games at the uh-huh. high school. <gasps> oh, golly. But my song is Party in the USA because I have a lot of partying going on this weekend and I'm very, very excited about it. Sharika. Oh, I need to say one more thing. Shout out what? to my mom. Today is her birthday. Happy birthday, mommy. I love you. You're my girl. Keep living it up. Sharika, how are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I feel good, you know, because as you were talking about, you know, last week we told y'all we had the hurricane. So I was out of, I was closed. Our job was closed for two days. And then we are, had already had an employee appreciation day scheduled for Friday. We were closed Monday for Memorial Day, no, Labor Day. And then I took the rest of the week off for my birthday. So last week I went to the office twice. This week I'm off. So I'm just in vacation vibes, lazy vibes. Cause this is not one of those vacations where I'm out and about. I'm literally been at home. Um, just chilling, you know, when I had a little doctor's appointment one day, but other than that, I've been in the house and thoroughly enjoying my own company and just relaxing. So it's been lovely. Um, but you know, the weekend is coming and I'm ready to celebrate all the things. So I'm excited. I'm really excited because, uh, I'll be seeing my husband. I mean, he's been home, but y'all know he's an emergency disaster. So he's been busy these past few, uh, week, week and a half. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, seeing friends and celebrating another year of life. I told y'all last week I was down about this year, but you know what? I'm going to be positive and I'm going to make it a great year to the best of my ability. That's right, Sharika. (laughs) Do you have a highlight from this past year? Oh, I, you know, do I have a highlight from this past year? 
that's so terrible because I'm always <laughs> looking forward and I like when I think about birthdays or whatever I look at I look I'm like looking at what I want to do or what's coming up like I never think about well how was this past year but you know what when it comes to anniversaries like me and my husband anniversary I look back I don't look forward I'd be like how was the past year so that's very interesting that you asked me that question and I'm like what happened what did happen <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've had a highlight because this was a rough year to be very honest but listen keep it real friend <laughs> mm-hmm. this was a tough year but I will say the thing that's like ringing in my mind is the Taylor Swift concert that's what I you know what that's great that's the thing that's that's like I don't know why that's like the only thing I can think of Shout out to our friend Tanya for giving you that gift. I know. Yeah. So I'm sure there's other things that happened this year that were great. But that's the thing that's sticking out in my mind is Taylor Swift and how, you know, I feel like years from now, I'm going to talk about 2020 summer. I mean, summer or 2023 when the two, when I went to the two major concerts of the year, you know, Taylor and Beyonce, they've both been killing it this year. And I was at, I will say, I was at both of them. So that's exactly. Exciting. And speaking of Taylor Swift, she is premiering the concert and probably some highlights and maybe documentary style. I haven't looked very much into it of this tour because I know a lot of people couldn't get tickets. So it's going to be in certain select theaters and evidently it's slated to make 160 million opening wow. weekend. I already told Sharika I will not be going to the theater, but mm-hmm. when it starts streaming, I will take a, a gander. I love her music. She has all the bops. Like I told y'all, if I'm on a 13 hour road trip, that's who I'm listening to. The time will fly. I will know every song, every lyric. It's just a happy little boppy time. So I agree. Sure. I'm not going to the theater, but I, one, I didn't even know it until uh, we were talking about it the other day, but yeah, I wouldn't be going to the theater, but Hey, I don't mind doing a Taylor party and, and watching this when it finally goes to some, whatever streaming network it goes to after the, exactly. <laughs> I'm not a club girly, but I wish there were like theme clubs and theme nights. Cause I would definitely go in a space where they're just going to play like, Taylor Swift music or it's just going to be 80s music and I would totally like get my life if it was non-smoking because I really can't with the smoke <laughs> but um oh I really cannot yeah. ah, I'm like after all y'all saw those commercials with the voice box thing y'all still smoking like, girl I think the girl. same thing especially like okay I get the old smokers like the people who did this before it was wild widely known as like really harmful but like new smokers I'm like what made y'all decide hey you know I'm gonna pick up a cigarette like I would be like because through my my whole entire life I've known that smoking was bad like you know or terrible for you so I'm really wondering new smokers what brought you to the cigarette (laughs) we need to interview we need to interview someone I know my husband smoked before he met me he probably smoked for about I don't know, seven years. He started smoking when he was 18 at the bowling alley. 
And then I don't know, but when he Who told this little story, Napoleon? was he in the league? No, he worked there. That oh, he worked. That was one of his first jobs, and he oh. smoked probably for like five. He smoked from the time he was eighteen to the time that we became boyfriend girlfriend. Because I was like, I remember one time we were hanging out, and I was like, I would kiss you, but you're a smoker. And he thought I was kidding, but I was not. And two months later, you know, he handled his business and I handled mine. So there we go. (laughs) But I just don't get like, here's the thing. There are smokers in his family never got the lung cancer, smoked until they're 90. But then other ones did. And I'm like, who wants to play Russian roulette with that? Yeah, but it's just like, it stinks. It's expensive. Expensive. it's mm. just like, what are the positives? So, I don't know. Oh, I know what they say. Like, and I think, oh, sorry. I'm taking a walk and a neighborhood dog is just coming up to me being very friendly. And I'm just a little bit, thank you. I'm sorry. I just get scared easy. All right, kickbackers. I got caught. That's right. I'm not sitting down in front of my computer with a mic. I'm getting my steps in. And um, y'all heard me. See, I kept it calm on the outside, but on the inside, Sharika, <laughs> because I'm from the hood, my instinct was run. That's the last <laughs> thing you should do. <laughs> you see the dog? It was a big little chocolate dog. Okay. Anyway, back to the smoking. Um, I found that people told me they do it when they're stressed out. I listened to this podcast on one of my favorite TV shows, and the director was saying, like, even to this day, when they want to make somebody look really cool in this scene, even though he knows it's terrible for you. He gets the actors to like, you know, he puts a smoking scene in and I'm like, but, but so one, we got to get people more coping skills, you know, when it comes to stress, get yourself a stress ball or something like that. And there are other ways to look cool. Come on. And I think it's up to the media and film industry to make these other things look cool. Sure. The cigarette leaning up against the wall. It looks cool because it's been in film. How many times? Like, let's Mm. give people a bottle of water. That can look cool. <laughs> Hydration hey. is cool. It's very cool. <laughs> a certain cool bottle of water or, you know, some fruit, something like that. <laughs> like, listen, I need I to get it. back in my bag with like the creative directing stuff so I can make these healthy <laughs> actions look as cool as they are. <laughs> so, okay. But so I hear the thing about the stress thing, but I'm like, does it, sh- okay. Is it that it helps with stress? when you're used to it or like if I'm a stressed person never smoked a cigarette and I smoke it will I be calm like I, I'm how to or is it um, I I have to talk to a smoker because what I've heard is just that like it helps when you're stressed I've never really dove into those oh. the minutia of that but like I've also heard people who are trying to lose weight they're like when I was smoking I didn't eat as much because evidently it suppresses your appetite. Ooh, but I'm like, now also, you got me. but also like the lung cancer. I don't know. I'd rather be chubby with lung cancer. If you ask me, like <laughs> without true. lung cancer, without it, without it, not with. So That's I'm true. like, let's not sacrifice. Like who cares if you're chubby? <laughs> oh my God. I need to go from outside. There's a snake on the ground. Why oh, am I out really? here? I know it's black. It's black and red and it has, yellow stripes on it it's slithering oh my gosh i'm so sorry kid this is not the time this is not an adventure what the heck oh my gosh that was scary is there any kind of like thing about if a snake crosses your path like when a black cat does 
Girl, is I that a thing? Know. That's one thing I don't know is superstitions. That is one thing. I know I that's right because we just know the Bible. The Bible says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved." That's the only superstition I know. But <laughs> I, I did not like that vibe in the middle of the day too. I thought they were like little, like I don't know. Girl. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry for all the distractions today. I'm definitely not in my most professional bag. Um, <laughs> but maybe one day we'll get a smoker on the um on the kickback in. Ask them to share. No judgment. No judgment. We just are curious about. Very intrigued. <laughs> intrigued. And uh, shout out to Taylor Swift. Going back to the Taylor Swift thing. Shout out to her and this movie and how it's being so successful. People can say what they want to about Taylor Swift, but she is a great businesswoman. Like we've seen child stars and I'll call her child star. I mean, she started in her teens. Mm-hmm. Come and go. And like, there's something to be said for those who can really keep their sanity you know, because we see what Britney Spears over there twirling on Instagram with the eyeliner, the yeah. three-week-old eyeliner on. So I'm like, yeah, it's a really tough road to be a star that early and be able to be an adult and still be successful. Same thing with Beyonce. She started really young, too. I think the consistent thing with both of them is they had their parents very mm. much involved. You know, mm-hmm. I know Taylor Swift's dad is all up on the business side. Her mom's like everywhere she goes. Beyonce's mom was like doing their clothes and Beyonce's dad was like managing them for so long. Mm-hmm. So that probably helps. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't like, you know, I don't like comparing the two because I don't think that you can compare the two. I just say they both are doing very well in their own lanes. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to think of other child stars. I mean... I feel like there's some others that, of course, like now it's escaping. Honestly, let's talk about it. Kylie Jenner. You know, people can say what they want to about the surgery and all that. But like she started really young and she made it to the point where her company was like worth at one point billion dollars. And she's not really out here drugged out, you know, strung out. Like the worst she does is post like scantily clad pictures. But I mean, hey, is that really something that you're going to tell tear somebody down for when first lady was doing the same thing um <laughs> I'm going your with... laugh is so funny Sharika. <laughs> and she's a whole mom out here and she's making her i feel like kylie just minds her business makes her money you know what i'm saying so shout out to kylie too <laughs> yeah i think motherhood probably really calmed her down um because i think she took it like very seriously and mm-hmm. it seems like she's very, you know, very, um, I don't want to say into her kids, but like, you know, very protective of her kids, very, um, very much, um, a good parent. Right. Exactly. 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 So that's and another wanting to be involved, start. like wanting to be involved, an uh, involved parent with her. Absolutely. Kids. Brandy, she did okay. Now her brother, he's kind of crazy, but <laughs> Brandy is mm-hmm. another star who started really young did great yep. i'm trying to like think of some others and tamara yes they're amazing and they just like stayed grounded in a really mm-hmm. crazy world where you hear about like oh when i was on this set these producers offered me these drugs or i had these opportunities it's like who's watching these kids but some of the kids thank god they made it out okay <laughs> so you know what that's so interesting that in this on this topic because um now you know i don't I think a lot, like you're saying, a lot of this does have to do with the parenting and the parents' involvement in their kids' lives and being present 
because um, I remember Kev on stage was talking about when his kids were doing uh, entertainment at one point in time. And he was talking about his son was on set for whatever reason. And that they, they wanted him to do something. And he, you know, he was a little, little kid at the time and he didn't want to do it. And so they're like trying to coax him to do the thing. And he, they were like, okay, what do you want? What do you want? And he was like a puppy. And they're like, oh yeah, we can get you a puppy. And he was like, no, you're not what? getting him a, a puppy. <laughs> and he was like, he can see how it does these kids can get out of hand because the production company or whoever, they're not invested in your kid being a well grounded human being they're trying to get a product in and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get what they need out of you they don't care how it affects you in the long run or how you develop they just want what they need at that moment and they're willing to oh you want this you want that we can give you this we can give you that and that's how you get these young people that grow up in the entertainment business to become out of control entitled and just you know, lose it because they, you know, if they're so immersed into this culture that whatever I want, I can get because they want something from me. So they'll give me this, they'll give me that I can get whatever I want. That does not, you know, result in a very healthy minded human being. You're right. That is so fair. And I'm glad that he was able to be there and like help put those boundaries in place for his children because everybody needs boundaries. They're actually very healthy. Um, yep. When they don't have them, that's when chaos, chaos ensues. So yeah, uh, I was thinking happened. about that with, um, I think it was the Brooke Shills documentary, which I didn't see it, but my mother-in-law was telling me about it because she was a model probably when I was a kid. So not so much somebody that I like would mm-hmm. be invested in or like want to see their story. I'm pretty sure it was her, but evidently when she was like a teenager, so between like 14 to 17 she may have been 16 she was in this movie where she had to kiss like an old man and they were pushing her as like this sex symbol and the movie did well but like she came back in the documentary and was talking about how like honestly traumatic that was for her she was mm. like I didn't want to do that you know and how they like like you said Sharika did what they needed to do so they could get this product out um yeah that whole pedophilia vibe that is in Hollywood not great and the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, I guess. So, Catholics, don't be mad at me. You know, I know it's everywhere. I shouldn't have made that joke. That was in poor taste. But uh, yeah, protect the children. That's the message of the first half of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that, so I, I will say that those, yeah, I think those who really do well and who have stayed grounded do have to have that sort of family support or dynamic, you know, strong grounded, you know, to keep them grounded because yeah, it's crazy out there. It really is crazy out there. And kids are, and I think it's interesting too, because um, like I listened to, I, I said on this podcast on the Boy Meets World recap um, podcast and it has three of the cast members that are on the show and they talk about basically You know, like when you're a child actor, you are a child, but yet you have a adult job. Like you have a job. Like you're, you're not, you're, so it's a weird place because in one sense you are, you know, young and, but then you have to go in this place or this, this, this job and be a professional, be an adult, but you're not really an adult. 
which is kind of trippy. But you have to, you know, you have to be on time. You got to get them lines together. You got, it's like, it, I'm sure grows you up very, very quickly. Absolutely. And the name of, the name of that bookshelf's documentary is Pretty Baby. And you can see it on Hulu. I think I might dive into that maybe next week. I'm kind of busy uh, this week, but yeah, that's something to consider when you're working with kids and when you see them and, and the expectations we have on them in the industry, right? Like, they are children <laughs> and children, their yeah. brains are not fully developed. They don't have always like, you know, the most proper emotional regulation skills. You know, they need that freedom to play and be and make mistakes because they are children, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And the scary, oh, I was another podcast I listened to with another child actor, um, Raven Simone, love her. But she just talks about too, it was like, when you're a kid actor and then people like see you out in the street, like imagine being a kid, five, three, four years old, walking out and then you see grown people running up to you screaming because they're so excited to see you. And you're like, what is going, like how traumatizing that would be as a kid or when you're a kid, like, and then you're out and about and people are just running up to you and you know, you they know your name, but you don't know who these people are. Terrifying. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. And people, you know, they just get so excited. They're not realizing, oh, yeah, this is a child. This is a little kid. So, yeah. And then so so people always talk about, well, with that, some of the conversation has been like, would you, like these actors now that they're adults, like, would you let your children be in the entertainment I- industry? And some of them nope. say yes, and some of them say no, absolutely not. But Sabrina, would you, if your kid had a talent, you're in theater and you're on all the things, or it, would you let your kid pursue, you know, acting or modeling? At this point in my life, I'd like to say that I'm going to let my kid pursue whatever it is in them that God put, that whatever that talent is, I'm going to help flourish it. You know, I'm going to help water it. Um, I'd hope I'd have the flexibility to be as involved as some of these successful child entertainers that we've seen, because I think that's a huge part, but not just even in entertainment, like in schools, right? We Mm -hmm. see the kids who thrive are the ones whose parents a lot of times are able to walk alongside them in their schooling, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely, but I wouldn't only if they wanted to, and they're passionate about, and they had the talent. You know, I'm not going to be chasing some kid around who cries when the director's like, you don't know your line. I'm like, you don't have the tough skin for this. You need to come home. (laughs) You know, like, we're not doing that. But like, absolutely, whether that's running around doing soccer, God forbid, softball, because it's like my least favorite thing to watch. But sure, if it's my kid, I'll be there on the weekends, I guess. You know, (laughs) I think like, absolutely, if they want to do it, because honestly, Sharika, and we've seen this, you and I have both grown up in the church. The safe places for children are the places where the adults create those safe spaces. So I'm not going to come, even though I just kind of did come down hard on the entertainment industry. We've seen children get misused and abused in so many different spaces that were supposed Mm -hmm. to be safe. So I'm not going to say, oh, I would never let them model because that industry, because there are some models who didn't have that experience. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Um, So that was a really long way for me to say, yes, now Sharika. Would you allow your child to be an actor? 
or pretty much to have a job when they're still a child, basically, is the question I think you're asking. Well, I don't know, because I think about it's, it's not, I think I would just have to see, you know, what the passion was for them, where the, do they have the, um, you know, really the skills and the, you know, ability to do it. And then do we have the capability, the capacity to do this as a family? Because it's not, you know, when you have a child actor, it is not just the child who has to be committed to this. It's the whole family because, you know, somebody has to be there with the child. That means maybe somebody, if your child is doing very well, you may have to give up your job or you might have to be running around going to auditions, to auditions, to auditions and getting your kid there. It's like a whole commitment thing. And so it's like, would it be healthy for us to do that? Because I do, I have heard like, you know, some families that has driven a wedge between the families, even the spouses, because maybe one spouse is always with the kids on the kid on the road. Maybe the other one's back at the house, you know, trying to watch the other kids or and and working. That's a lot of strain and stress on a family. So I would have to be like, really feel like this is something that the Lord was like, yes, go for, because it's a lot. And and I'm not, you know, and or my husband, one of us would have to do it. And, you know, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. You gr- you bring up a good point about balance. So I think not just my kid, but like whatever activity, whether that was an activity I was in, my husband, mm-hmm. the kid, anything that really disrupted the family balance, it would just have to be done away with. You know, or we have mm-hmm. to like readjust it yeah. until that person could do it on its own. I mean, I think about myself, there were so many reasons. And ultimately, I think I know it was the Lord that led me from my former career to where I am now. But that was one of the things I was like, I can't do this and be a mom because you're not mm-hmm. going to ask me to be away from my kid for six weeks in the summer or whenever you guys call, I just drop my family and come in every weekend and all these blackout dates throughout the year. And, you know, in my mind, my family is my first ministry. Yeah, It's God, my family. Right now, my family is my husband and I. But still, just because I don't have kids doesn't mean, oh, well, my husband, she can just see him whenever. Like, mm-hmm. no, I am a wife. I care about this unit, just like we have to spend time. Literally, any relationship you have, you have to cultivate it. And how can mm-hmm. I cultivate it when this thing right now is like taking senior in my life? And this person just kind of has to go with the wind of whatever my job's doing. Now, that looks so different for everyone everybody. And I commend right. those who can have that kind of schedule because for some people they can have that kind of schedule and it works mm-hmm. for me. It did not work even before yeah. I came to my husband. Cause I was interviewing for my new job, the end of the summer <laughs> that I was in my old job. And when I went to my husband, he was like, Oh good. Because I was going to talk to you that I, we would not have done another summer like that. Mm-hmm. Now in my old job's defense, they said like, Oh, it's COVID. So, you know, you can't have any overnights. So I was fully expected to, have one day off and it was two and a half hours away. So five hours round trip to see my husband and then be back before night. I did not follow that rule. I just was back by breakfast, you know, whatever. I, I told them then you can hear anybody's listening can hear it now. Like I'm not going to not have nights with my husband all summer long. For what? For you people who disrespect me constantly? No. So same thing with my, um, with my child. Like it's all fun and dandy, but if it's disrupting that family structure, structure, if because you have this, that 
means the other children just kind of have to follow you around and the whole family's just getting no because then we're going to end up being like the blind side you know there's going to be mm-hmm. resentments you know like, Britney Spears oh, and, and I, um what's her name Britney and um her dad oh no, or the Jamie, sister. her sister remember she wrote yeah, that poor song Jamie. she's just yes yeah, she's like she's a child her life but then I can see how then parents can feel entitled and honestly I'm on the side of the talent like I, if I'm the one working if you're my manager then of course you get a slice but if my child was to do that and earn 30 grand I don't feel like well 15,000 of that is mine because I birthed you but mommy you aren't learning those lines and you're not my agent that's my vibe like you know but mm-hmm. I could see how if the family gives everything for this one kid then the family might feel entitled to some of those or funds. you had to give it your Maybe. job so that I so that we could get you to this and we can get you to that and I right you know foregone gone my income to be able to help you pursue your dreams exactly and that point my vibe is that would be in the contract because you see things happen 20 30 years later and it's like my parent took advantage of me no 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 I left my job so we could (laughs) so my job could be to like get you where you need to go and then I would just have that in the contract, you know, travel fees, whatever. I just think having those things in black and white, it just makes it easy for everybody, yeah. <laughs> even for my kid, you know? So, yeah, it's a really tough thing. It's an exciting thing when you have that sort of talent in your midst. And then you, you just pray to God that they, he will give you the wisdom of how to, like, cultivate that in a way that's really healthy for them, healthy for your family, um, I absolutely would not trust my kids with adults I don't know if no one from the family is around. So if it's not me or my husband, it would have to be a grandma. Mm. You know, I'm trying to think. I trust my mom and my mother-in-law. I trust my siblings. Also outside of that, and my husband's siblings. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who, nobody's going to love your baby like your baby. And I need people who know what inappropriate grooming looks like. You people who can mm-hmm. say, no, you are not giving like Doug Jr. puppy just because he asked for it. Like, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's crazy out there. It is crazy out there. And you do have to, you know, you know, that's, you know, on the topic of, um, that and protecting the family. It's easy. You know, it is a lifelong commitment. And like you were saying, it, it hopefully, like for us as believers, we believe that our family is a ministry, our first priority. But, you know, that, that is like the core, your core development is your family. So I was mm-hmm. watching, um, I was watching this, um, you guys know, I love the Kev on stage and all them. But um, they, you know, last year had a book and they had the series that they the named that they did online YouTube, but it's called Marriage Be Hard, which is uh, the same title as their book. And they were they interviewed couples. And so they were interviewing this one couple and they were a blended family, as in they had kids before and then they got married and they were asking them about how do they blend their family? Like, how do they do that? And then um, the woman who actually actually happens to be Sarah Jakes Roberts, which is T.D. Jakes' daughter, she was saying that she believes every family is a blended family. 
Um, what do you think about that concept? Which I agree, but I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna fully dive into what she means by that. But when you hear that every family is a blended family, what do you think, what do you think that is? Or what does that mean to you, Sabrina? I was really looking forward to you expounding because I was like, I am so curious what she means by that. Okay. Uh, to me, it's just in a literal sense because I grew up in a blended family. I had a phenomenal stepdad and my siblings, you know, I never call them half but we do have different fathers. So yeah, but my family's my family. So let me think, it's really hard for me to think about a mom, a dad, and just their, oh, I can think about my husband's family. How are they blended? Definitely, even though you have the same mom and dad, or even though you're born with the same like social economic status or whatever, or maybe not, because parents change over the years. First Mm -hmm. child might have a totally different experience from the baby child the ba- the last child that was born but everybody is so unique so maybe she means that in the sense of there's a blending of personalities there's a learning how to love one another and how to be loved there's learning how to deal with conflict resolution and communication and etc is that what she means so I yes no yes that okay. is that's because it comes you let you know you came from your family doug came from his family and you guys got married and built a life together you guys are bringing your own experiences from the different familiar relationships that you have and you're in you're marrying literally and figuratively you're marrying your lives together so you're blending a lot lives together and I thought that was very interesting to be like yeah even though like like Alan and I like Alan and I are similar in a lot of ways but we're also very different actually we're probably more different than we are similar but our values are the same but even in the sense of that like alan's idea of um so alan's thinks like when you have a kid like if we had a child and our child is of age whatever age that is he does not believe in giving his child a cell phone I don't agree with that because he was like, I didn't get a cell phone till I was, um, had a job and was able to pay for my own cell phone. So my kid needs to do the same. And I'm like, yeah, but that was how many years ago? Times are different. I feel like our child should have a cell phone. Now, I don't think a child should have a cell phone very young, but I'm like, if our child is in a place where they're going to be without us, like if, um, Let's say we work away from the home and our kid is going to be going home by themselves or by, you know, when they're obviously of age, not a little child, but like 12, 13, something like that. I would consider getting my child a phone if they're going to be in places where we will not be. I would not be, I would be fine with them getting a 12, a phone, probably not under the age of 12 to 13. But anything older than that, I would consider getting them a phone and I would be fine with that. I would be also very limited on what that phone could do, but I would not see a problem with that. But we, from our different experiences, we come into this decision very differently. Absolutely. So she makes a good point there. Um, there is a blending that has to happen with all families. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, and it was interesting because Kevin and his wife were talking about how some something similar was going on in their family. Like their kid is about to be 16. Well, he's 16 now. 
but they were talking about when he was going to be 16 and Melissa's family, her dad got them a car, but they, they, it was like an old car. It was a, you know, a little, it was whatever she, he said it was whatever year they were born. That's the year the car came out, but they got a car. Oh, I love that. <laughs> In his family, they couldn't afford a car. So he never got a car. And he was like, you know, I would feel jealous of my classmates and stuff who all had cars or had nice cars. So I will get my kid a brand new car. It may not be a fancy new car, but it's going to be a new car because I'm thinking of my younger self and how I wanted a car. And his wife was like, our kid is not getting a brand new car. They're going to get an old little beater. And if they want a fancy new car, they better get a job and earn their, you know, earn their new car if they want it but we're not buying them a new car and it was just they it, they didn't realize how they both and they were like we've been married for almost 20 years and we've known each other since we were teenagers but we both had our own mindset on something that we both figured oh the other one's gonna definitely agree with and go with and then you realize oh no we're on different pages about this thing yeah, it's interesting how parents often, well, not just parents, I think people in, ger- in general are constantly trying to, um, I don't want to say resolve, but that's the only word that comes to my mind at this time, resolve the issues from their childhood. So like mm-hmm. Kevin's like, I didn't get it, so you will. And some people are like, like you know, um, like that to the extreme like exactly that like that to the extreme or like alan's like well i didn't have a cell phone i survived so you can survive too even though the reality is for all of us we will never be able to replicate or fix the things Mm -hmm. that happened when it comes Mm -hmm. to that because our children are living for the most part 10 15 20 years past Mm -hmm. our childhoods and we're in different places than our parents so mm-hmm. I can never say to my kids like, oh, guess what? Sometimes I came home and we played a game and play with candlelights because when I was very small, the lights would be out. So now, Doug, don't play that light. Like, that's crazy. There yeah. are other ways that we can build. And I have no regrets of my ch- I loved my childhood. I feel like the tenacity that I had, the resilience that I had, the really learning to be content in every situation that I had is because I grew up poor and in the hood. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just saw my mom had joy in all situations. Didn't even know I was poor until I was much older, you know, but because of that, I'm now not going to turn around and be like, we got to, we got to give these kids some hard times. No, (laughs) they can learn it in a different way. And if I do that to them, honestly, it feels like borderline abuse. And it feels like I'm not seeing them for who they are and the situation that they are in. And I'm not trusting that these tools can be given to them through different life experiences. That being said, like in the days where not everybody had a cell phone, cause I like Alan didn't get one until maybe junior, senior year. And that's cause my parents kept forgetting me after school. I was that kid who'd still be there like two hours after practice sometimes. So embarrassing. But in those days you had like this, the phones everywhere that you could put a quarter in. Yep. We don't have those any, we don't have those anymore. So if your kid doesn't have a phone, then how do you compensate and make sure they can still reach you? Because we had those other ways. I mean, sure, they can use a friend's phone and all that, whatever. I get really torn about that, too, just because also the phones have a lot more in them than our phones. Like, it costs mm-hmm. money. Unlimited text was not a thing when I got a phone. Snapchat, sending pictures. 
And I would be like mortified for my child to have access to some of the things. Sometimes I run across something on my phone. I'm not even looking for it. Mm-hmm. Especially on Reddit. I'll be reading like, you know, am I the a-hole for him? Hilarious or petty revenge. And random, like soft porn comes up. It's just not what I'm looking for right now. So I don't want my child to have that open door of opportunities. But the reality is by the time my child is that age, they will probably be able to have those opportunities in so many more ways than the cell phone. So what I really want is my child to be able to face temptation and get through it. Oh, but it stresses me out. Golly. Navigate and learn how to navigate that. Exactly. These things, because there will be things that our kids encounter that we will not be able to control. We won't be there to help them navigate it, but you've hoped you've instilled everything you needed they needed within them to make wise and smart decisions exactly that's the part and you can only hope and pray because trust me same here like if your friend if you don't give your kid the cell phone their friends will have it enough and if they want to get into something bad unfortunately they will like my mom did not allow me to see the titanic when it first came out and mm-hmm. oh my gosh i'm so glad my mom doesn't listen to podcast. <laughs> Because I still have the fear of God and the fear of my mother and me at my big age of 35. But my friend Selena, we had to sleep over and we watched the <laughs> And, you know, my mom had already set that boundary. She was like, you don't need to be watching that movie. They got naked with people in there. And we were just giggling at that. And I don't even think we finished it. We ended up watching the movie Selena. Mommy, I didn't even finish it because I felt guilty. Um, we end up watching Selena and then I end up crying because Selena was so sad, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, her, her friend killed her. And I was like, Oh my God. I know. This is even worse than- <laughs> but girl, they, when they hit me with that late at night, when off the world, that little I'll be dreaming song, girl, that <laughs> was my jam. <laughs> and but I would always cry every time I heard it. Cause I was like, thank you. Selena, and that's why you don't have business watching movies you shouldn't be watching at your parents house because then you come home crying um I say all that to say like you can try to protect your children all you want to as you should as you mm-hmm. should but at the end of the day going back to what Sharika and I said the foundation is that you have the tools and the morals instilled in them so that when they're in those situations they can get out of it and they understand why they need to get out of it and they can do that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, <laughs> I just think about like what, I mean, at least you felt guilty. Like, and was like, no, definitely did <laughs> girl. As soon as that little, uh, chair scene came up, I was like, girl, my mom's going to whoop me. Uh-uh. Let's just start this. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, uh, I don't want to say I haven't been a good storyteller because all I remember my dad, saying from the time I was very young why do you have to tell so many stories and so I'm like as an adult I'm like because I was an actor like what do you mean like mm-hmm. I thought <laughs> but he meant like lies like I would just come up with these crazy like situations and they really? could always peg it yes so I'm like I knew as a kid like you know I'm not even going to be lying because my parents always know when I'm lying even to this day I'm like I don't lie to my parents I just go ahead and start with the truth because they're going to find out anyway you know what I'm saying so I knew I couldn't go home and be like, if she asked me about it, which, why would she? Because she didn't know like that was going to be a vibe. 
Honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't like go over there to watch it. The opportunity presented itself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's get it. Then I was like, uh-uh, girl, turn this off. My mom's going to give me a whooping. Um, so, <laughs> but I just knew if she ever asked, she would be able to tell that I saw it. So I was like, nah, nah, dog. Let's like not even. <laughs> you ain't going to get me. You ain't going to catch me. I know that's right. Girl, I remember one time I took my mom's like engagement ring or some kind of ring. Oh, no, it wasn't an engagement ring. It was her class ring to school for show and tell. And she had already told me I couldn't take it. And I this is going to sound crazy, but I let a classmate hold it who had like bigger fingers than my mom. And they like bent it or something somehow. And then when I came home, it fell out on the kitchen floor. And she looked down at it like, um, what is this? And girl, I got such a spanking in that kitchen. So, yeah, I was always up to something. <laughs> always up to something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ooh, I, I thought was, we got away with it. That's so, I was not up to anything. <laughs> I think I'm more reckless now than I've ever been, as a, like, than I ever was as a child. But you're an adult, and you're married, and nobody has to pay for your mistakes but you. Well, maybe Alex. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> So I, mean, I say you have the room to be reckless. Yeah, I was just too, I, well, I would say I was scared, but I really wasn't scared, scared. I just didn't have that, um, I didn't have the, I don't want to say challenger bone in me at that time. I was pretty compliant. Like, I just didn't feel the need to challenge things. But now, shout out to my supervisors, my bosses or whatever have you because they this ain't the one they didn't get that they didn't get that version of me i am miss let's challenge it all i miss let's question it all now and so (laughs) yeah they didn't get that version of me that my parents got when i was younger (laughs) i was more like not so much like challenging like disrespect i'm gonna yell at my mom or the teacher it's like I was a good student I got in trouble for talking absolutely Me all too. the time they Me would be too. like Sabrina we had to move her she's talking she's talking. girl I have stories to tell I'm an entertainer <laughs> like what do you mean like this is excitement right now but I made good grades and all that but what I was was super curious and I always have been this person I have to see for myself so mm. if they said don't touch the stove this hot I'm like, as soon as you turn your back, I'm going to touch the stove. And then when I'm burned, I'm like, oh, it's hot. They like Sabrina just told me, like, they tell the story of how I got the chicken pots. Like, I purposely got it. I remember this. It's crazy. I was in kindergarten. Everybody was getting chicken pots but me. And I felt like this isn't fair. And, like, this girl in class, they were like, oh, so-and-so has to go home. She has the chicken pots. When she was still, like, in the room with the teacher's aide, I went in the room and I rubbed my arm on hers. And then I got the chicken pot. I just wanted to know, like, I was just like that. I had to know. I had to be curious. I remember one of the other great whoopings I got. My parents told me, don't climb over the fence and go into the cow pasture. I went and not only did I go, I took my brother CJ. I was like, let's feed the cows these strawberries. Girl, the whole herd turned around and started chasing us. It was terrifying. <laughs> but somehow we made it to the gate. We climbed back over and then what did I get? A whooping because they told me not to do it, but I just had to, I had to do it. I had to see for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> so many stories like that. Like I remember they told me don't stick the bobby pin in the socket, but I had to do it and I got like electrocuted. I had to go to the hospital. My mom said they just heard something go and my body like hit the other wall. <laughs> 
And then, like, my hand, all this skin was, like, burnt off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was just always into stuff like that. Not necessarily, oh like, hurting God. others, but, like, yeah. just trying to figure out the world and my place. My oh, place Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm sure, my gosh, I was the opposite. You said don't. I'm like, okay, I will not. Because I don't. You said no. But oh my gosh, Sabrina, what if you have a child that's you? That is one of my greatest terrors in life. Not like when I was a teenager, because yeah. I never was curious. I saw enough when it came to, and I knew enough in my family history when it came to like drugs, um, being promiscuous. Like I was never curious about that. It's like, nah, dog, you know, <laughs> I can see how that's going to go, you know, but I get scared just about like, what did my mom say when I was on the podcast? And I was like, hey, mom, that's mean. She was describing me and I felt like the word had negative connotation, but also a little truth to it. I think she maybe said conniving. That has such a negative connotation, but I know like I was always like three steps ahead, right? So even when I walked, my parents never saw my first steps because as a toddler, I had figured out. If I don't walk, they'll just carry me everywhere. And they came to daycare to pick me up. And they were so shocked. They were talking to the daycare teacher. They were like, oh, my gosh, Sabrina can walk because I was running around. And then they said, as soon as I I would, they said I was literally running around and they were so, they were so shocked and they were so excited. And they said, as soon as I saw them, I sat down where I was. Like Hmm. I immediately sat and they were like, oh, my gosh, this child, like, she has played us. She pretends she doesn't know how to walk, but she can walk because she knows. So like little things like that. I'm just like, oh my gosh, my child is going to be playing chess and I'm going to be playing checkers. <laughs> so as long as they, as long as they do it with like innocent stuff like that, I'm fine. But I hope they have Doug's like sweetness and his like the way he approaches life is just easy. You know, he's chill. He's not getting worked up. Like he's just really like content and I'm like that is such a beautiful way to be I don't want them to be I've never heard Doug stress about job or person Mm. you know I want that from the child that's just not him he's like why would I stress about that that's work I don't bring that home and I'm like I wish I could have been like that I wish I could have been like that um but yeah Ah, we've talked all about children today Sharika what traits do you okay so I want my child to have like my fearlessness and mm. I want them to have my sense of justice, Shrika. And I want them to have Doug's like everything else. What in you do you want your <laughs> child to have? And then what about Alan would you want your child to have? Oh, I want for, I'll start with Alan because for myself, I don't know. For, from Alan, I want my child to have that self-assurance that I feel like he has. Like, I feel like he's just, I am who I am. You know, I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing because I'm me and I'm doing me. I want them to have, what else? I want my child to have just, I don't know. I love Alan's personality and temperament, but I want them to have my affection for, um, I just want them to be, you know, lovey and kind. Yeah. I think that'll be a good mix of us both. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alan's independence and Alan's just um self-assurance is really what I want my kid to have. And I, oh, the other thing I want my child to have of me, I want them to be aware, like not just self-aware, 
but aware of others and compassionate to others and um, mindful of others as well. I think that's what I want my kid to have. I don't know. Yeah. I love it, Sharika. That's beautiful. Well, in our scripture highlights today, I don't know how funny this is, but we're talking about kids. And I read this recently, so it's relevant. Um, honestly, I don't think it's funny at all, but let's just talk about it. Why not? Second Kings chapter three, verses 26 through 27. So of course, there's a war going on as there often is. And three kings are going against the king of Moab because he was loyal to the king before him. But once his son, not Moab's son, once that king of Israel's son took the throne, he's like, oh, well, I'm going to come back and try to try the kid. Terrible idea, by the way. So he's losing, and that's the setting. When the king of Moab realized that he was fighting a losing battle, he took 700 swordsmen to hack a corridor past the king of Edom, but they didn't make it. Then he took his son, his firstborn, who would succeed him as king, and sacrificed him on the city wall. That set off furious anger against Israel. Israel pulled back and returned home. Okay. So much to unpack here. Like, I feel like if you're a child in the Old Testament, like maybe the child parent relationship is not a vibe. Like you <laughs> live somewhere far from them and you like send them a card Mother's Day, Father's Day. I'm sure culturally that wasn't a thing back then. But you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because I'm like, it just never even within Israel. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when that one guy was like, the first thing that comes out of my house, I'm going to sacrifice. And it was his daughter. And he went through with it. We talk, we talk about Abraham, right? Thank God, God provided the lamb. But I'm just like, the kid, the kids, protect the kids. Because this guy, imagine like being alongside your father in battle and all that. You're like protecting him, fighting with the army. And then they're losing and they're like, okay, well, let's, we're just going to sacrifice you. I cannot even imagine. Like I, you know, talk about having the fear of my parents and yeah, I got spanking and all that. But one thing I have always known is like my parents love me unconditionally mm-hmm. and they would never like seriously harm me. All the discipline I got as a child, I will say to this day, I needed it. <laughs> you know, It mm-hmm. helped me to be the person I am today, but a whole sacrifice. And then you choose to sacrifice your son. And then people are mad at the opposite. I- army israel didn't do that it's a battle one of us is going to win don't be mad at us because your king decided to kill his son anyway it did end the fighting but i just felt sorry for his son and his son didn't even get a name they're like yeah the firstborn he was out so that's the scripture dot 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 that's not a scripture funny that's the scripture dot 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 for today uh sharika do you have anything to express yes you know what i just want to have a short message to you guys um, that I want to express in light of my birthday. Um, I think I shared, I said this at the top of the episode. One thing Sabrina taught me was it's your birthday, birthday your way. And maybe it's not your birthday, but I want to express that we all need time to reevaluate ourselves. We all need time to do what works for us, what helps us, what mentally, physically, emotionally. So I want to express that you guys take care of yourselves in whatever way that works for you. It might be you're a, a um, fitness person and you'd like to get out there and take a jog, take a walk, you know, exercise, do that if it feeds your body and your soul. If you are a reader and you know what, you just need some time to decompress, read a good book, 
do that. Do what works for you because you also you need this world is busy. You know, there's a lot of demands on your time, but don't forget to take care of yourself. You are important. I love you, friend. That was definitely a word. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything further to recommend today for the people? I do. I do. I'm going to recommend the Marriage Be Hard podcast. Yes. Um, you know, y'all know I love to watch a podcast, so they're on YouTube, but they're also on um on 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 whatever streaming. I mean, podcast platform. It might be under the Love Hour, but yeah, I'll link put a link in the um descriptions for you guys. But it's also on YouTube, Mrs. Kev on Stages YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna recommend Pretty Baby, the Brooke Shields documentary, which is on Hulu. I know y'all are like, didn't you say you haven't seen that yet? That's true. But my mother-in-law recommended it to me and she hasn't given me a bad recommend yet. We usually share books um, through Kindle. So yeah, she's a reader and I'm a reader. I'm saying that the last time I read a book was probably the end of June and it was on the Kindle. So um, yes, Pretty Baby, Hulu, Bookshields documentary. And as always, protect the children. Yeah, you can to protect the children. Yes, your kids, other kids, do what you know. If you see a kid in need or distress, do what you can to protect the children. Also, I googled that snake that I saw. It was an eastern coral snake, and evidently they're highly venomous. Oh, so thank God I was on the podcast because talking to y'all, I was able to just scoot away. I was like more aware of my surroundings versus if I was just like walking aimlessly or running. Yikes. I'm glad you're safe. Stay vigilant out there. <laughs> I know that's right, girl. I went right after I saw the snake. I said, walk is over. We're going home. First the dog, then the snake. No, no, no. <laughs> but look, way to keep, you know, way to be health conscious and, and keep that cardiovascular system in intact <laughs> and in order. Because mm-hmm. your girl over here has been literally laying on the couch for, I can't even tell you how long. So... <laughs> We can get our life together, friend. I know, but I will say, your girl has been losing some pounds. I've been coming back on the food. I just need to get the exercise up. So I will say that is a a, a good report that I do have. Got it, friend. All right, guys. Well, it's been another lovely episode with you all. Shouts out and love to our brother, E.B. And guys, remember, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back.